Welcome to the Art of the Dive. Game week 34, just about done here. We still have one match tomorrow. We're recording on Monday night, so we have C. Diff and Brighton bringing us big points tomorrow. Big points, Jake. Can't wait. Jake, how are you, buddy? Uh, hanging in there. Yeah, that's about, yeah. 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 You're just going to say hanging in there. Like, I have to, like, intro the pod every single time, and then you're like, I'm sad. Well, I was trying not to be, I'm sad, but I guess I am sad. Why are you, you know? sad? You want to talk about it? Um, ju- You know, just rough FPL week. Um, lots of stuff at work. Just, you know, busy week, busy week. Could we not do like the work thing? Like where you bring all your problems to this podcast? Well, the, okay, that's fair. That's fair. But I mean, it's just been really it's been busier i always we always have to pod after or like at the start of my work week you know it's just kind of like a downer um so that yeah that's all i'm sorry i won't talk about it that's why i said hanging in there jake but that wasn't good enough jake i do wanna i just want to say something because i don't want you to feel bad for the rest of the pod okay no one cares, Jake. No one cares. <laughs> I'm just getting angry. <laughs> Good. Let the hate flow through you. Uh, let's have a good pod uh, then. Um, I clearly have had... Uh, I'm into some gin right now. So it's, uh, it's a solid night. I'm ready to rock. Um, interesting FPL week. You know, a lot of people playing wild cards. And we're, we'll get into kind of the merits of, of playing that wild card a little bit later in the pod. But... Thus far, most wildcarders are not feeling very good, but a lot of people play that wildcard with the focus of a bench boost coming up next week, so interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, a number of, um, of interesting performances by teams, or expected and unexpected, and so there's a lot to talk about. Um, so we'll, we have a handful of kind of big picture questions, Jake, that we'll kick the pot off with, and I thought we'd start with Bobby Love, who wrote in a good question that um, he was actually asking this to me because he asked, uh, uh, do you support a Prem team? And uh, we know, Jake, that you're a big Arsenal supporter and you must be happy with the result today. Yes, happy with the result, not happy with the performance. Here That's we go. Usual. Here we go. It's got to do it the Arsene Wenger way, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm really happy. I... From the beginning, I was kind of excited about Emery, and I thought he would be a good fit, and he has been. But a win, a win, a win, a win is a win away from home. Always good. It just is like when you're a man up. I would have expected a little bit more of a dominant performance. Yeah, and a lot of managers probably crabby with Laka getting sat, and then Abba he gets that kind of ridiculous goal. Uh, Dini with the red card, mostly just stuff to be mad about in the uh, Watford Arsenal game today. Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean. Uh, we were talking about it. One of our friends was like bringing in an Arsenal defender who didn't play. He wanted to bring in Kalasinak, and he didn't congratulate me for telling him to stay away. But I thought it was funny because I didn't realize at first Kalasinak didn't play. I woke up midday because I'm on overnights and, you know, just saw that they were up 1-0, got excited. And then, you know, I realized this is their first clean sheet away from home the entire season. Wow. Yeah, that's terrible. And Yeah, just crazy. Yeah. And, you know, he, our bud always, like, gets mad because he also wanted to bring in Pogba. He blamed us last week for telling him not to go with Pogba. And I was like, you can't really blame us for, for that when, like, he gets two PKs. You know, like, he didn't score in the run of play. I mean, yeah, it would have been really good for him to have Pogba, but I still like stand by the fact that Pogba's not really a great player for the rest of the season with his positioning on the field. Hmm. I don't but, understand how you went from Arsenal, Watford, uh, and yeah. Arsenal keeping it clean to Pogba getting pens, but that's <laughs> I, fine. It's all the anger. I, I was yeah. just about to say I'm digressing, <laughs> but yeah, all these thoughts flowing through my head right uh, now. All right, well, save them for when it's appropriate to share them, please. That would be really great. Uh, so for me, <laughs> um, do I support a Prem team? Jake, do I support a Prem team? Uh, I would say that you support Spurs. Yeah, so I, uh, I'll i give you a little background on my, my Prem support. So 
Growing up, uh, we didn't have, when Jake and I were kids, there was no Premier League soccer really in America. Uh, and when we got probably into high school, so uh, when was that, Jake? Like um, 15, 10, 15 years ago, 15 years ago now, right? So about 15 mm-hmm. years ago um, is when it was first being introduced like in into uh, America. You could probably get games like on the East Coast or the West Coast if you had a special cable package or something like that. But uh, we weren't getting them on regular TV. But that was the first time that... Uh, they were starting starting to uh, show, and at the time, uh, a lot of Liverpool games were being shown, and so I'd watch uh, Liverpool play. Um, and later into my high school years, I, I really liked Fernando Torres El Nino. I think the timeline is uh, lining lining up correctly. Uh, and then I got into college, and Jake was Jake and I roomed together. He was a big Arsenal fan, so I had to watch matches with him. Uh, and but I never really identified with the team, and and. Really, the only team that I have uh, identified with probably is is Spurs, um, and the reason for that is I'm kind of a fan of teams that at least <laughs> produce the facade of of having a, a strong youth culture and the idea of bringing youth program uh, players through. Um, you know, I'm I'm not a huge fan of of the teams that go out and buy buy buy. The Spurs have been the complete opposite of that, so. I wouldn't say that I like follow Spurs religiously or like cheer for them unconditionally. Um, I like the Prem for the the theater of it all, for the spectacle, um, which I know I'm sure English fans like maybe have a hard time understanding because they have a lot more allegiance to specific teams. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I stand. I guess I'm kind of a Spurs supporter. So how was that for an answer? It was poetic in a sense, wasn't it? Yeah. It, yeah, it was poetic. I think that's fair. I also think it's funny that our two teams that we, you know, you somewhat follow, I follow a little bit more strongly, are bitter rivals. It just makes sense. It does. It certainly does. And one team's a, an idiot, a bunch of idiots, and the other team's cool. Yeah, exactly. I would agree with that statement. Arsenal's the idiot team, if you didn't follow. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I didn't follow there. Okay. Uh, another good big picture question from Mark. Uh, and he wrote in and he asked, what was the worst piece of advice uh, that we've given this season? I think it's a good question. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I can tell you what mine is right off the top. So I'll let you think for a minute. And I'll tell you what mine is. My worst piece of advice this year uh, was in the first half of the season saying that Matto was a bad pick. And in reflection, I will say why I thought that. Um, at first, he didn't necessarily like have the stats to go with him, but the price was good and the team was up and down. Uh, but mostly the reason I, I realized that I was saying that is because I was so mad that I missed out on him. <laughs> like, like I completely botched it. So I just was angry and was like, nope, stupid pick. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't... He wasn't like a, a a Pascal the year before, but we would have done better if we had started with him in our team or had him in our teams more frequently. Um, but, I mean, you've done really well without him in your team for the majority of the season. That's true. How about yours? So, do, you, do you know what yours is off the top uh, of your head? Yeah, I think I was thinking back on it. I think the fact that we were talking about Sala being essential for a long time. Not essential, because we don't like to use that word, but we really thought Sala was a key man to have. Um, we weren't scared of the price. And I mean, yeah, most of FPL felt that way too. He was owned by a large amount of people in the beginning of the year, but I feel like his his support has just been dwindling throughout the season. I, I honestly would have to look at like how many times he gets transferred in and out per week, and it's gone up and down, but... Overall, I really think you could have gotten away the majority of the season without having Salah. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. And one thing that I think will be really interesting to look at next year, um, especially with how great of a season you know, like somebody like Sterling has had, is, is, is a player at 12.5 or 13 ever worth it? Mm-hmm. I think that that'll be something to like really dig into and and rarely in this game do we see players that like hit those numbers. Um I think like Van Persie was one year. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think who else has been up at 13. I mean Salah started the year at 13, right? But did anybody mm-hmm. nobody else did this year. Nobody did last year. Did Sanchez after his monster season? I th- I think maybe. Yeah, he might have. He was the other one that was coming to mind, but yeah, Van Persie and was the first one I thought of. Yeah, I, I just think it's um, so it's so rare that a player at at that price can return in at a reasonable clip to make them worth 
the the money. So it'll be something interesting to talk about, maybe like kind of in the off season, maybe do a little research on. But yeah, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, two point oh. I'm looking at players who I was happy to let go on wildcard who came in with returns. Frazier, Wilson, Pogba, Sterling, Salah, uh, Bench, Drabo. No predicting it based on previous game weeks. Class example of focusing too much on the doubles, uh, which definitely I think happened this week. Uh, and then he says, reminds me of an o- the old saying, if you give a man enough rope, he will hang himself. In this case, having unlimited transfers gave me too much rope. I'd like to start by saying that that's an incredibly dark saying. Uh, I mean, is I, I like the saying a lot because I'm a big fan of of metaphors and sayings. But um, I was kind of thinking like, give a man a rope, and you know he'll he'll tie your shoes, or you know, <laughs> or something. Maybe a little more, maybe a little less like suicidey. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how else to do it. I thought it was well said, but I mean, I like stabbing people. Yeah, so. that's kind of your thing. Uh, and definitely the case of what happened this week, right, Jake? I mean, we got mm-hmm. – so I guess we kind of got burned on the first double uh, earlier in the year, uh, game week um, 32, right, where mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of set their teams up for 32. It wasn't – It wasn't. no, I shouldn't say we got burned, right? It just was not necessarily as fruitful as those that had planned their entire strategy around that um, what we were expecting. Uh, and – on the podcast here, you and I went two separate directions, right? You played an early wild card. Uh, I held, and I, I know there's a lot of game, a lot of time to go, right? I mean, we can't just say it now, but I'm initially, and I said this last pod, I'm getting the feeling that people that early wild card it might have won this year. Yeah, um, I mean, 2.0 is so correct, and I didn't even have rope to hang myself this week, and I hung myself, and we'll get into that later, but yeah. If, if I would have just stuck with my guns, I would have flown this week and I would be sitting pretty. I I almost can guarantee you I would have been in the top 100K, which is, you know, it's a big achievement. I've only really been doing this for two full years now, two and a half years. So uh, a pretty sad, disappointing week for me. And it, it seems like we've done this repeatedly, or at least I have you know, twice this year, and then in years past, I remember doing it. it. It's just these double game weeks. You know, sometimes it's just like, go with go with your team that you already have, the players that are consistently reliable and are having good seasons. And, you know, we talk about it, good XG and XA. Don't, don't you know, go fishing for these one-time wonders on or not even one-time wonders just don't go looking at the bottom half of the table and trying to like steal a bunch of points and mess your team up yeah i think it's another thing that we maybe need to put on the list for discussion this next season i at this Mm -hmm. point in the year i do get a little bit like reflective right i start kind of thinking back to like okay what what did my strategy look like what was my player selection like and you know what was my decision making sound throughout the year it's it is a part of the year where for a lot of managers, they're so like wound up with like, oh, how am I going to finish the season? Or or they're the complete opposite. They're just like, screw this. I don't care. The season sucked and I want the next year to start. But I actually find that at this time in the year, I'm starting to think a lot more about like, okay, so next year, how do I want to handle this? Or how do I want to maneuver through these blanks and doubles? Uh, and so so we'll definitely do, and we do a pod every year, but I think that it'll be, it'd be cool to do a, a, our preseason pods a little bit different next year where maybe you know maybe we're spending some time talking about these bigger season strategy ideas like this um, and trying to learn a little bit more from the mistakes we made the year before agree yeah all right uh chancer fpl chancer dan asked us a nice question he said i'd love to know about watching premier league matches with the time difference he said is it easier for you as in me marco as uh as your middle america and jake is west coast or is it just a nightmare for you both period uh well we talked about this jake right a little bit we both have to get up in the mornings to watch matches i think it's pretty hard for you especially the early matches right yeah i mean the 4 30 a.m game is a nightmare and even the sevens it's mostly because of my job if i woke up on a regular basis in the morning for an eight to five job it wouldn't be a big deal but 
I don't. I usually get done after midnight here. So waking up at 7 a.m. I, I usually actually do get excited and do it a fair amount of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's not really great on my body. Yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah. Uh, well, you got a weak body, soft body anyway, so it don't yeah, matter. Soft. Uh, my wife actually was, was saying this weekend, oh, you know, you're going to wake up for matches. Like, cause I haven't really done it for a while. I've been traveling on the weekends or there hasn't been FPL for a couple weekends or things like that. Right. And so, yeah, I, I like getting up for the matches. The early match for us starts at 6.30 a.m. Um, and I don't mind getting up. I love making, like, a pot of coffee. I love just sitting and watching the games for a little bit. But um, I think it brings, like, a pretty good question that we haven't talked about a ton. Uh, and that is, do you, like, to provide advice on FPL, which is something that we kind of do. We kind of just talk about things, but we give some advice, too. Do you have to watch all the games to, like, be good at picking players and to provide advice. What is your initial thought on that, Jake? Uh, I would say it depends, or yes and no. Well, that's um, a great answer. It, Thanks. Well, I'll I'll give a better answer. I, yes, it does very much help. Um, it is a time suck, and it requires a lot of time to watch the games. And the problem is a lot of games go on at the same time, so you can't watch them all at once in, in reality. So... A lot of it has to do with, again, looking at underlying statistics, and you can go over the highlights of the game. But yeah, watching the games help. Um, you get a feel like, you know, I feel like Arsenal are, I'm better at saying, hey, I'll let's stay away. Like, I haven't really put any Arsenal players on my team except maybe Kalasinak for a few weeks um this year and i feel like i've benefited from that but that's because i i see how they play i i've seen how they struggle away from home and um but but all in all a lot of that could be learned if you just do the research following the games as well yeah i have nothing to add uh last big picture topic and then we'll get into our teams for the week emma said nearly every fpl podcast said bournemouth were on the beach curious so many use the same phrase do later podcasts all listen to each other so the prevalence of groupthink increases original thoughts to be encouraged it's a it's a great question from emma um and we you know there's a lot of talk about this like even on the twitter community of people basically just like taking other people's ideas and then spitting them out again uh i would like to say that we do tend to be one of the first podcasts out not always but we tend to record on Sunday or Monday most uh, most weeks. Um, I do s- once in a great while listen to other FPL podcasts. Um, and I think I've talked about that on here. I, I, I guess I listen once in a while to um, Always Cheating, which is a, a very nice podcast, Hail Cheaters. Um, and I think some other people on our Slack channel listen to them as well. I also listen to um, FML FPL once in a while, um, who, who I enjoy listening to as well. Um, you know, they both offer, offer something different. Uh, I don't really listen to any other podcasts. I've tried, you know, some other ones. Um, I, I just don't have that much time. I actually don't even really listen to those two podcasts that I just said very frequently. I maybe listen to them once a month at the most. So, um, you know, I like pitching a pint too from Steven. Um, I've listened to, uh, who got the assist. You know, I've listened to FPL surgery. I've listened to all of them, but I just don't really have time to listen to them. And I don't know. I, is it a th- I, an issue of group think Jake? Do you listen to other podcasts and hear like some of the same things or no? Um, I think that's a fair statement. If you do, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts in the beginning of the year. And as the year goes forward, I think I listen less and less more because I feel like I've gotten into my own groove partially. And like you said, time, um, but yeah, I would say if, if other podcasts are listening to each other, that's definitely a reasonable hypothesis of what's, what's going on. So ultimately I agree with your statement. I think for the most part, our content is actually a little bit more original, whether that's good or bad. I don't know for the listeners (laughs) to decide. Um, But yeah, I I think that ultimately Emma's starting to bring up my nightmare of a week by, by saying this. And I will, I will honestly say I did not listen to any other podcasts. I made my decision to get rid of Frazier this week solely based on Bournemouth's recent performances and the fact that uh, they hadn't been returning very well. And it ultimately was a terrible, terrible decision. And it just proves how this FPL game is very difficult to 
to determine what's going to happen from a week to week basis. Well, I think that's a it's a perfect transition, Jake, because I think it's time to get into our teams. And I have developed a new section of the pod. I'm calling it mm-hmm. Jake's mistakes. I need like a jingle nice. to go along with it. Something like, uh, let me try. It. I'm just gonna I'm gonna riff right now. Ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. So Jake had his team. He was trying to win, but Jake is the worst and he sucks at FPL. Jake's mistakes. Oh, that's good. I like the ending yeah, too. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little rift. I did not practice that at a time, but um, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so Raj wrote in and said, "What, what were Jake's mistakes? Uh, any new additions to to Jake's? I am just going to stab him list." Uh, Jamie Dodd says, okay. "Is selling Pogba, Wilson, Brooks, TAA, and Salah, and captaining Duffy on a wild card a bigger mistake than Jake's mistakes?" Jake's mistakes. Uh, Shotgun said, is Jake's mistakes a new section of the pod? Yes. Does it have a theme song? Clearly. I'd really like to hear thoughts on captains for next week's. No standout as far as I can see. We'll hold the captains for the end. Jake, what were your mistakes? Jake's mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, let's hit this. Um, okay, so at the beginning of the week, I there was I was in two camps. I know you love my camp stories. Uh, one camp was just bringing in Trippier for Aspil and going with my team moving forward, knowing if Brighton flew, um, I would be in some trouble. Knowing if like Sun had a very good week, I'd be in bigger trouble. So ultimately, I decided to bring in Sun. And to do that, I had to not go with Trippier, which ultimately wasn't bad. And I picked uh, Dinge, uh, Dingye from Everton. And I thought that was a great, like, sneaky pick. Uh, and lo and behold, Everton looked like absolute dog shit against Fulham. One of the worst teams in the FPL history. Uh, pretty embarrassing. History. So huh? that didn't go well. And I might as well have just brought in Trippier, who didn't even play. Uh, so that was mistake number one. Um, and then mistake number two was captaining son who ultimately that's, that's a little hard. I mean, he got an assist. He played what, like three minutes. Uh, that's great. Um, at least he did return. So I can't complain too much there. Uh, and lo and behold, that wouldn't have been too bad if it wasn't that I moved Frazier out to bring in son. So that was the big mistake. I had debated just dropping Hazard, but I thought Hazard was looking so good in his last game. Even against Liverpool, I wasn't... I just thought it would be better to keep him. So the the big the big mistake that, you know, and the only person I can stab this week is myself, uh, is just getting rid of Frazier. And then to, to, you know, top it off, I thought, hey, why not bring in uh, Ryan from Brighton because... Bournemouth have sent, been so anemic away from home. He might get a clean sheet there. He could get a clean sheet against Cardiff. Let's take a hit there and and bring him in. And that that just was the cherry on top. He's made his mistakes. Now you've all had a laugh. <laughs> yeah, but I will say for for Jamie Dodd's question, um, that's definitely much worse if he did all those things. Yeah, much, much worse. When it comes to the stabbing, he can't do the math. Jake's mistakes. All right, how was that? That was good. All right. Yeah. I think it's a new good section of the pod that we should just bring I out. I feel relieved. Week. I Yeah, I do like this section. I really didn't want to pod this week because of what I did to my team. Like, I will say the most relieved I was and we'll we'll get into our teams a little bit after the leaderboard, but the most relieved I've been is the fact that Jerry D didn't play today and Brooks came in off yeah, the bench. Yeah, of the Brooks. Well, let's actually I'm going to I'm going to flip that on you. Let's do our teams right now and I'm going to do mine okay. first. Um so we do have one more game to play and uh I still have Ryan, uh, Duffy and Murray, the Brighton trifecta to uh nice. to ball out for me. Um the average overall was 49. Actually, the top 1K average was a little bit lower than that. I think I saw the report that it was like 46 or 47, um, which goes to show that folks in the top 1K uh, probably had similar teams to me. Um, I had 43 points overall with those three guys still to play. I captain Sun, which was initially incredibly frustrating. At the end of the day, I will take the uh, 
I'll take the assist. Uh, he came on in the, like the 87th or 90th minute or something. I don't know, but uh, I'll take the assist. Sterling I had as well. Uh, really interesting. I'm surprised. I see a lot of teams without any city coverage um, or very little city coverage. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you're you're taking a risk there, in my opinion, and I'm not willing to do that. Uh, so I have Sterling, Laporta, Guerrero. Now I know I only got points from Sterling, but that's kind of how City work, right? Like uh, one or one or two of the players maybe bang for you, and and so you just have three. Um, I have Mane, Robertson, both with returns, uh, and then solid uh, one and zero point returns from everyone else. Um, so it is what it is. Uh, not necessarily a terrible game week. I did get a red arrow at this point. Um, I dropped from about 2,900 overall to 3,200. So actually the damage isn't bad. And, and like I've discussed with some others on Twitter and on the Slack channel, um, you know, we really were playing this wild card for next week. So I'm not too nervous about it. Um, how did your team do, Jake? Yeah, not great. Uh, 33 points currently, but with uh, Brooks coming in off the bench, I will have 45. Um, and then I have Ryan still to play at home against Cardiff. Um, also, I had Mane and Captain Sun, so not bad there. Uh, the rest was pretty abysmal. Oh, and I had Robertson. Uh, I wish I would have started Van Dyke. I can't decide who to start from a week-to-week basis because when I start Van Dyke, Robbo gets an assist. And when I st- start uh, Robbo, Van Dyke gets an assist. It's been going great. Uh, I guess I should just start both of them, and then when I do that, they don't keep a clean, and neither of them get an assist. But That's we are we are talking about the best defense in the league, right? So I know, maybe you I know. Just it's just them. I should have. Um, I should have. You're right. Yeah. I I liked Pereira away from or at home against Newcastle, and lo and behold, Newcastle get a one zero goal, and it's not Rondon. You know, I liked Everton. I like I like Dinge, uh, even it, though it was a way to Fulham. I guess Fulham's attack isn't terrible. Like that's the only redeeming aspect of that team. Um, but that was just, that was bad. So yeah, not great. Um, Rashford came on for the one point or two. I was really pissed. Cause I was hoping like, you know, if both Jerry D and Rashford didn't play, I would have 24 points coming in off my bench. Yeah. It just wasn't solid. Um, I'm going to free hit next week. So I'm excited for that, but that's about all I'm looking forward to right now. Yeah, boner alert, about to drop that free hit. Yep. Good job by you. All right, uh, let's talk about leaderboards quickly. Uh, So League Dive leaderboard, of course, there's some potential movement here uh, with one more match to go, but uh, I thought I'd read names off quickly. 10th, Hamish Holmes. Is that a new name, Hamish? I think so. I I feel like we'd remember Hamish, you know, Mm -hmm. like that of a ham, as they say. It's a great. It's a, probably a Scottish name. Sounds yeah, Scottish. Great name. Ah, sure. his name. His team name is literally the Flying Scotsman. Okay, well, that's solved. Ninth, Arnie Marius Haugen. Eighth, Mark Edwards. Seventh, Niall Higgins. Sixth, Matt Blunder. Fifth, John Eric Torstein. Stein Stein Steinstein. Uh, fourth, Sam Shapiro. Sorry, Samuel Shapiro. Uh, third, Marco. Uh, second, Fripe. And in first is still Matt, the Kyoto kid. Uh, with 2,165 points. And if we jump over to the Travis Shaw minus 80 PSL Super League, uh, we have a lot of movement in that league, um, primarily because this game week was kind of weird. Uh, but 10th, uh, Nick, I think it's Seish or Seish, I don't know. Uh, ninth, Bobby Love. Eighth, Carl Chin. Seventh, Stephen Toomey. Uh, sixth, uh, Sean Limbrick, fifth, Noel Clear, uh, fourth, uh, Roth Menon, Rothith, Ro- Roth, Roth Menon, sorry, I can't get that one, third, Arman Singh, uh, second, Marvin Andre, and in first, uh, with 309 total points and a t- current game week score of 35, is Fa- uh, Frank Pibioni, Pibwin, Pibwin, Pibwin? <laughs> Well, I got one of them, so yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, congrats to those that were performing well. Um, two point O, two point sex sounds pulled some some data or 
found somebody that had pulled some data for our our uh, league dive leaderboard and Travis Shaw league. So for league dive, the top captain was Duffy, and then right after him, pretty close was Sun, and then third was Aguero, and then for the Travis Shaw league, uh, Sun and, and Duffy were the big captainers, both pretty closely uh, captained, and then there was a, a variety of other players that were captained for the league. So kind of cool. Um, I mean, I don't expect him to do that every week, but it's um, it's kind of cool to see that see that data um, about who is captained most so people can kind of think about that um okay we've covered most of the kind of the game week stuff how our teams did some big picture questions uh we'll take a short break and when we come back we'll talk a little bit about uh or a lot bit about i guess game week 35 which is a a huge game week here we've got doubles coming in Uh, a lot of managers have basically planned their strategies around uh this second big double game week so uh, lots of questions, uh, of course, a lot of answers that are going to be 100% right, so stay tuned. Welcome back to the second half of the pod. Lots of double game week questions here, but Jake just reminded me on the break. He said, how did we forget Lucas Mora? Uh, it's a really good question. So, of course, Lucas bangs a hattie. Uh, I was enjoyed watching him uh get his son and bring his son out onto the field afterwards he's got a little i don't know one or two year old little boy who was kicking the ball and the whole crowd was cheering for him as he was doing it it was pretty hilarious uh but jake we totally missed the boat on that didn't we yeah it's funny um i'm just gonna shout a website that we we both use and it's i think it's attached to our website i know people are more on like the whole twitter um, atmosphere and things, but uh, FPL odds on FPL, right? Uh, often we look before we go into the game week. They put usually clean sheet odds and uh, basically player projections for the week um, up the day before games. And I was looking, I was like expecting Sun to be up there, and Lucas Mora came up first or, or second behind like Duffy maybe I, I actually forget exactly but Lucas Mora was like very very high um in the top three and I was like huh I haven't even thought about him I was like this seems silly seems like a little bit too uh left field for me uh, that's an American term we like to use yeah it means um, stupid yeah it means stupid <laughs> but <laughs> but uh yeah and odds on FPL was spot on. They tend to be really, really right most of the game weeks, even though soccer is a very difficult game to predict. Um, and I'm just, I was like, how did this happen? Because I could have done that so much more easily than do surgery on my team to bring in Sun. Yeah. And Sun's probably the better pick long term. But well, that's true. But we, but we did. I think we did drop the ball on that one. I mean, this was a game week where it was worth taking a risk. And I think that's something mm-hmm. that you and I, Jake reflection here uh something that you and i maybe don't do a great job of i mean i've talked many times about how conservative of a player i am and i honestly do believe that being conservative uh playing the long game in fpl is the way to go um i think that that shows by my last two seasons and the results that i've had Uh, but i also think on the other side of that coin is that we have to do a better job of identifying when there's a, a either a game or a team or a specific player or even more broadly a specific game week when it's really worth taking a risk. I, I haven't necessarily developed a list of criteria that I would say would constitute like, okay, now it's time. It's time to, to take a punt. I hate taking punts on players, but Mora would have been a great pick this week. We knew that he was very likely to play. We knew that he was likely to play in an attacking position. We also knew that there was high risk that Sun may be uh, rotated in some way, despite all of the injuries on that team. Uh, and so who becomes now your your kind of primary playmaker? It becomes Mora. And so, you know, shout out to the managers that had, had the balls, had the the know it know it all to to be able to do that and take that risk but I, I would say that that's like kind of a criticism of me specifically as like a player in this game that I'm not very good at identifying like hey it's time to take a risk and and let's go for it yeah for sure and and I think too that a lot of people not just us or me more and you're a little bit better about this but 
I tend to take my punts on players from just average or below average teams. And that's where the mistake lies most of the time, right? Like everyone was like, oh, let's captain Duffy. And I can see the argument for it. Like Brighton are better at home. They play two not great teams. Uh, they have chances for clean sheets. But but you look at it and like they are not good defensively. That's a really big punt to captain a player like that where – Again, yeah, he has a higher XG than a lot of defenders, but that's still few and far between. It's not like you're... Ex- you'd be really happy if he got a goal, and you'd probably rub it in other people's faces, other players' faces about it. That's but not all you're going to rub not- in their face. Yeah, but that's not what you're <laughs> expecting with a defender like that on a team like Brighton. I'm, I'm sorry. So, again, like... Why did no one talk about Mora and we had all this discussion on double Brighton defense? I don't know, but I agree. It, it's a mistake. Yeah. Well, we got I, – part of it, too, is we, we got maybe a little bit blinded by how easy it was to bring in Brighton players, right? Like we knew yeah. they were – for the record, we knew they were going to play, right? Duffy mm-hmm. and Dunk, we knew they were going to play. Uh, Mora, you know, it's it was a little bit more up in the air, but not necessarily like if, you know, if we would have read – read the stars a little bit, right? Maybe that would have become more clear, but something definitely to work on and to be better about, be a little bit more open to some of those ideas and um, something like that, right? Could like completely change a season for you. If you would have brought a player like him in and, you know, I don't know that I would have captained him, but I definitely would have considered bringing him in if I would have been maybe a little bit more open to some of those ideas. But anyways, uh, we have a handful of questions, Um, not a ton, but kind of like, bigger questions that focus on the double game week that's coming up here um so 35 tons and tons of games um some are spaced properly that you know we feel pretty confident that players will play in both some not so much so it'll be kind of interesting to see how that plays out it's always a risk in the double game weeks but let's just get right into it thomas bracken wrote in for those who wildcarded this week he's referring to 35 Four, uh, should we use a free transfer to take out someone like Duffy or Ryan and improve the bench boost team, or should we hold it to have two free transfers going into 36? Now, Jake, obviously a question like this is very dependent on your team, but let's just try to use that information that we have there. Um, what is your initial thought on that? I, I would try to wait yeah, personally. Me too. I, I, I like the idea. I mean, I get the idea, right? The idea is like, all right, I'm playing this bench boost. Um, I want to have the best bench boost team possible. But actually what I'm thinking about doing is saving and then dumping my Brighton players uh, with my two transfers. Um, I'm probably going to get rid of Murray, and I'm probably going to get rid of one of the defenders. And if you wildcarded this week, you probably brought in a good front line, three very good players. Uh, What I would advocate for, let's say you have a Murray or you have unfortunately now a Dini or something like that well if you have Dini you probably need to take care of that issue but um what what I would advocate for is dropping one of your strikers uh maybe to Sinclair like from Watford he's priced at 4.4 and then using that money to upgrade one of your Brighton defenders uh in game week 36 for 36 37 and 38 uh there's no point in holding those players anymore their fixtures aren't necessarily great uh and their team's not that good either so I would be looking for my team, for example, uh, at like a Liverpool defender um, by dropping Murray down and then upgrading uh, one of my backline players. Make sense to you? Makes sense. Okay. Uh, Coot, who recently just joined our Slack channel. Uh, So welcome. And anyone else that would like to join the Slack channel, we have almost 100 people now in it. Uh, Send me an email at theartofthedive at gmail.com or DM me on Twitter with your email address. We'd be happy to invite you. Uh, I was all set on using my bench boost for 35, but comparing my bench for 35 to 36, I think it may be better used in 36. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, And then he he told us that he's got um, two Brighton um, players versus... Oh, okay, I see. So two Brighton players in 35 in Tottenham versus in 36 in, against Newcastle, or two Southampton players in 35 versus 36 uh, against Bournemouth. Um, Jake, I mean, just looking at that kind of initially, what are your first thoughts? Uh, I'm a little... So, so 35 is when Southampton's playing Newcastle and Watford? Yes, or those Southampton players will be going against Bournemouth in 36. So 
do you like those two Brighton players against Wolves and Tottenham and the two Southampton players against Newcastle Watford? Or do you like the two Brighton players against Newcastle and the two Southampton players against Bournemouth? You kind of get how that's set up. Yeah, I don't know. That's still a toss up to me. I, I would almost still lean 35 personally, but it's, it's pretty close. That's my initial assessment as well. Uh, it does depend on when your triple captain is going to be played. Some players are arguing that a triple captain would be better used now in 35 because the bench boost options uh, in, in excuse me, because the bench, yeah, because the bench boost options in 30, in 35 are not that great. Uh, and so mm-hmm. they're suggesting maybe, you know, use that triple captain now, bench boost in the game week after. I still think that Brighton against Wolves Spurs is better than Brighton just against Newcastle or Southampton against Newcastle Watford is better than Southampton against Bournemouth because honestly I'm not sure if those teams are going to get are going to get cleans in either I I hate to say it I don't really know the other thing that I would consider is that move that I just talked about in the last question um, that you might be wanting to drop a forward down or even drop dump a defender and upgrade somewhere else Uh, and so in order to do that double move um, you need to have you're you're gonna want to use your bench boost now when your bench is full of players that are playing. So that's just the way I see it. Um, I, I don't necessarily think if you bench boost in 36 that it's a bad idea. Um, I guess part of the issue for me is like I'm not exactly sure who the best triple captain choice would be in 35. So we'll return to that. We'll return to that mm-hmm. idea. Um, okay. Next one, uh, two point. Oh, yep, yep. That's what it sounds like, Jake. Uh, best. Okay, well, I'll, best. I just want to make sure you were still with. Yeah, us. I'm done. Best forward options for the run in. Uh, so we just have a handful <laughs> of game weeks left. It's a tough question. Um, I mean, who do you who do you like yeah. in the front line? I mean, let's let's look at it two ways. Let's look at it in terms of like team structure, and let's look at it in terms of just literally the best players with the best fixtures. Yeah. So yeah. let's start with uh let's start with team structure. Okay. So we just talked about this potential move to drop a forward down. I mean, it, from a value perspective, you know how many how many strikers do you think? Playing strikers, is it worth having? Should you have a premium? Those types of things. Yeah, we had this conversation recently, and I'm going to stick by my initial thought, which, I mean, I think some people would agree, some people would wholeheartedly disagree. Um, I still think three cheap players is the way to go. Wilson and Jimenez must-haves, and then a third one, like you could consider a Zaha, um he has pretty good fixtures the rest of the way not fantastic but not bad um he's been getting a lot of returns because literally everyone in the world has been taking him out in the box (laughs) um also i could see Firmino being kind of a nice differential and he's not super super expensive uh Arsenal scares me because of the rotation, which I'm sure everyone's a little bit scared. How do you know who's going to play? Do you know if they're both going to play? They're focused on Europa. If they get past Napoli this week, that's just going to make it even harder. Um, So that's where I would go with. Yeah, I think that that's totally fair. If if you do want to go with a premium, uh, then I think you need to have a super cheap as well with that. So you'd have like a premium and you might carry a 4.5 and then a mid price with that. Um, in terms of the, just the best options, I mean, you already hit some of the big names. I, I think it'd be hard to to not have Jimenez on your team. Um, Jimmy is a is a quality player, uh, priced well at six point nine. Seems to be kind of the uh, the fulcrum of that attack for Wolves. Although sometimes Wolves make me nervous; they become a bit anemic, but. Um, you know, a lot of people were kind of on, on the Vardy party. He did uh, have a spectacular game week, but what I, I don't know if people realize, like a lot of people brought him in on their wild card. And it's like, have you seen his fixtures? Yeah. I, I mean, he plays West Ham away, Arsenal home, Man City away, Chelsea home. Don't get me wrong. I know that Jamie Vardy is a Kingslayer, that he'll go out and, and, uh, and bang goals against good teams. But um, that scares me off of him as well. Uh, you know, 
premiums. Yeah. Obviously, you can't touch Kane because uh, he's hurt. Um, Aubameyang can't touch. So Aguero is the only premium that I would really be considering. Um, mm-hmm. Now, what about what about we haven't really talked about like United, Rashford, and Lukaku. Uh, and so Rashford uh, played sparingly in the West Ham match, just thirty five minutes. Lukaku uh, started up top, I believe. Yes, he did. Um, and he played uh, about 74 minutes, didn't have any returns. Uh, do e- any of the United assets interest you? I think they're a good differential. Um, I would... Oh, it's it's hard because they have really tough... Two tough games for this week. So if you can... Like for me, for like free hitting, I'm going to hold Rashford for now because he ends with Huddersfield and Cardiff. So like, yeah, that's great. Lukaku, maybe not a bad idea. Um, a little bit riskier because of his price, but yeah, not terrible. Her, sorry, I'm sorry. Excuse me. They go they go away at Everton, home Man Man City, and then you have them at home Chelsea, Huddersfield, and Cardiff to wrap up. So yeah, not a bad idea. They're probably going to get knocked out against Barcelona. They're going to be fighting for top four. I think it's a good idea. Another forward I will briefly shout who's back is Ings for Southampton. Oh, he got yes. assist this week. Ings He's it. dirt cheap. He doesn't play a ton, um, Cause, which is cause the, he's the hurt. nervous thing about him. But he's always hurt. He's like yeah. he's like you during your col- your collegiate football career. Yeah, just hurt ninety nine percent of the matches. Yeah, but if he's healthy, he's a great third striker to have. I feel. Yeah, I, that's yeah, that's a good little shout there. I hadn't even thought of him. Uh, okay, trophy wrote in Steve. For those that have removed Salah, should we be thinking about fitting him back in? If not, the Cardiff game but the home tie against Huddersfield and then giving him the triple captain. So that's what a lot of people are thinking about now is, is where and who do I get that triple captain uh, chip on Huddersfield home in 36 is a juicy fixture. Juicy, just like Jake. Uh, I don't know. I mean, is it Sala? Is it Mane? You know, do you look maybe at triple captaining somebody like, you know, like Aguero and 37 against Leicester at home. You know, they could even be playing for the title then. I'm not sure. Would you, Jake, tear your team up if you had to make some moves? You know, maybe you held a transfer in 35 if you were in my situation. In 36, you make that that double move to get him in. I could do it. I've I've figured it out. I've I can do it on my team if I want. Something worth considering or no? I think that it's not unreasonable against Huddersfield because they're so poor. But to me, recently, Mane's been the better player. That being said, I didn't evaluate this last game against Chelsea. So that I I will have to look at a little bit. I mean, they both scored a goal. Yeah, it was still Salah super, super wide. And Mane now filling that more central role, which has been going on for about the last eight or ten game weeks. Kind of a reverse of what happened at the, the start of the year. Um, yeah. Who, though, do you think, honestly, is of those two players? I mean, Liverpool is clearly one of the most, you know, the most potent attacking offensive teams. Which of those two players is more explosive? Who's more likely to get a hat trick? That's the question. Well, I think you could say Salah, but with the way he's been playing lately, I would say Mane is more likely to get more goals. Hmm. I you know he got Salah got a lucky goal not lucky it was a really good goal I forget who he played um and he got the counter but like literally I watched the entire game and he didn't look like he was gonna score right he has he, he's looked he, like that for some time I mean just like even the last goal that he scored uh here against Chelsea which was an incredible goal right I mean just an absolute screamer from outside the box but like the rest of the match he didn't look really like in form like he was ever going to do anything yeah so to me i think it would be better to go somewhere else personally um but it's i mean it's huddersfield they're terrible they are terrible yeah there's definitely an argument to just captaining a good player against that shit team i'm not sure if Mane or Salah is the better choice it's something that i'm wrestling with a little bit because i'm possibly going to drop my triple captain chip that week so we shall see uh sean number one not number two but number one uh wild in 34 thankfully only got duncan from that brighton d but is it worth a hit to remove if they're conceding five at home to bournemouth and they're going to concede about 17 to wolves and spurs away surely or stick with the plan of bench boosting and save that transfer 
Uh, I'm gonna say save. What do you think? Save. Yeah. yeah, just be glad that's all that you brought in. It's yeah, fine. Seriously. I mean, who knows? He'll play both games. Maybe they give up a couple goals, but you just trickle in a few points. It's it's not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth the hit. Uh, Marvin the Gooner. Gooners. Should we be looking at Watford more for game week 35, especially if you are looking to replace a Brighton player? I, you know, I mean, it's a good question. I, I we both have, uh, or do you have De La Feu? No, I do though. I do. You do. Yeah. You have De La Foe? Yep. You have De La Foe on your team. De La Foe. De La Foe. Uh, that's another classic mix up. Travis Shaw and De La Foe. Um, uh, De La Foe. Uh, Dini, of course, not an option now. Are there back line options for Wofford? I mean, you know, they have two, like, pretty decent fixtures. Uh, they're looking at, well, well, very good against Huddersfield. And then, actually, they have two great fixtures. Huddersfield away and Southampton home. I mean, I would probably favor attacking options in those fixtures. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe a punt on Gray. We talked about, is there a time to take a risk? If, if you were for sure making a transfer this year uh, or this game week, I mean, Gray could be a great pick. Um, I think that the Dini red, uh, which was a great red, by the way, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. I watched it a few times. I didn't quite catch it at first, and then I was like, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the the front view of it, it looked like he was just running, like swinging his arms. And it's because it's Troy Dini. I'm a bricklayer, and it's all about being in prison like I once was. Uh, but then, like, from the rear view, it it looked completely different, as if he, like extended his elbow like an MMA fighter to like just knock Torreira out. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was a really good. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was crafty. Uh but I think that for me having De La Feu who did not even feature in the side, which is weird because uh, Gracia said that he had trained all week and that he was fine and then doesn't even make the bench. That's strange for me. But I feel better about it now. Dini's out and I feel like De La Feu is now going to play both matches. Are there any defensive options that maybe you might consider Hmm. that's a tough one yeah i would have to look into it a little bit more i mean who i'm trying to think like who they even had play today in the back because like well halibas has been injured that's why i mean he would be the one to have so i would say no without him the other the other outside backs probably just aren't going to be getting up as much as you want and i mean you could do it because again huddersfield maybe won't score a goal but they are at home um but southampton i think is going to score on watford um they've they've been offensively a little bit better of late and redmond is someone that also we we didn't really talk about but got two goals this past weekend he's pretty cheap um, could maybe fit in for the remainder of your season somehow. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's pretty solid advice, even though it came from you, Jake. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Don't say thanks. It makes me want to take back that compliment. Okay, sounds good. Good choice. Uh, all right, that's most of our, our questions here for the game week. But we do have one big one still kind of staring us in the face, and I think it's a pretty tough question this week. Most weeks I feel pretty confident in one or two players to pick as a captain but i think mario sells uh sums it up well he says question for the pod who the fuck do i captain in 35 it's a that's a tough question i mean normally in a double game week it's obvious right because we have uh we have a a player that is going against two weak teams and we just pick him but we don't necessarily have that uh in this double game week um you know arsenal have have two pretty good matches don't they uh yes and no because the i i think crystal palace and wolves are a little bit more scary than we like to admit yeah, that's true and just with emery's rotation i would stay away from arsenal okay so arsenal's off the board according to jake uh city have a tough two matches they play uh spurs and united home and away um not that that doesn't mean that they're not options just tough uh tough options uh spurs city and brighton away and home pretty tough with that city match first um wolves interesting him Jimenez uh Brighton home Arsenal home I kind of like that um mm-hmm. I don't know who's like who's the best pick this week yeah well I'm just gonna be honest I'm waiting for odds on FPL and gonna steal their steal their thunder but I do like wolves like right now looking at it I think Jimenez or even 
Uh, no, I'll just say Jimenez. I was going to say Jota. I think that's a little bit riskier. Um, he's, you know, not as expensive as I, I usually <laughs> reserve for my captains. So it kind of, again, is a little bit scary. But they have two home fixtures, and they're pretty decent at home. Brighton was pretty abysmal. Arsenal, again, they kept a clean sheet but almost gave up like two goals at the end of that game to a a 10-man Watford team without one of their best, well, two of their best attackers. So I think there's goals to be had in both those games. Um, And if he plays both, I think that's the easy answer. I guess part of just the decision-making process is which player is going to play enough minutes to warrant the captain Mm -hmm. band. To me, looking kind of like at the the fixture congestion i think wolves could be a good pick i think spurs if you look at like sun could maybe be okay um you know maybe a, a city asset i don't really know i'm i feel like city are gonna have to start like pep's gonna have to start his best lineup in the match because the players you know they go yeah. against they go against good teams right it's not like they can just put out a soft lineup no i agree city's gonna be interesting but i just i i i don't know i just don't see them scoring a ton of goals this week because yes they're at home to spurs but spurs defensively is is a pretty solid team and then man united is much more questionable at the back but playing at old trafford in a game like that it's just hard so i i would stay away i would almost be more inclined to just captain like a mane against cardiff and hope he gets two goals almost personally Hmm. All right. Well, I think it's a tough pick no matter what, uh, but it's it's going to be a bit of a punt. People are just going to have to kind of like look at it, and, and I think those are the, probably the best options, but you just have to pick the one that you have. Go with your gut on that. I don't normally tell people to do that, but that's probably the best way to go. Here's, here's a question for like those of us free hitting or, you know, how, how many – are you just going to have all – teams or all players that play for play two games this week or are you going to take a few like are you going to consider maybe a Frazier at home against Fulham or like a couple Liverpool defenders or attacker against Cardiff like how do you think the best way to handle that is I have Mane and I have Rabo and I think that you should too <laughs> that's what yeah. I think I I, 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 I do I yeah. just think that's something that no one wrote in which I'm a little bit surprised about I think they did the previous week no, I think so it, i just i wanted to make a comment yeah i think that. against cardiff it's it's you should right like you should have some uh, a few liverpool players and do, not be afraid like oh they don't have doubles i don't want to play them i don't think that that's the way to go there so mm-hmm. all right um we got a couple things just to wrap the pot up here uh follow us on twitter at dive fpl instagram the art of dive online divefpl.com uh download our podcast on itunes soundcloud stitcher google play podbean overcast podcast app Castbox, so on and so forth uh, we have a handful of kind of rando questions, but we might as well use them, you know, for fun. If given a choice between the next episode of GOT, Game of Thrones, and watching a match with FPL assets, which would you pick, Marco? Uh, now that Game of Thrones is showing on Sunday nights, has Marco moved the recording of the podcast to accommodate <laughs> Game of Thrones? Uh, I do enjoy Game of Thrones. I've told you guys that before. Um, but, no, we moved it. Uh, we actually moved the pod this week um because of the Bucks game, that's why we moved it. Uh, yep. Jake's not, Jake and I are huge NBA Bucks fans because uh, we're both from that area. So go Bucks! Um, and I had to watch the game. Um, would I watch uh, FPL match or Game of Thrones? Probably the the FPL match if it's a good match. Uh, the EPL match, I probably would watch that over Game of Thrones, and then I can watch Game of Thrones later. Be good. Uh, would you rather be in the GOT universe or the Lord of the Rings universe? Jake, which one do you think? Uh, I unfortunately have not watched a single episode of Game of Thrones, and I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan, so that's where I would be. So you're going Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings. There's way more hot chicks in Game of Thrones. I could see that. Probably a lot more, you know, uh, hot chicks that are easily available as well. I feel like Lord of the Rings, it's kind of like the world's ending. That's probably more important than, like, hitting on, you know, hot chicks. But who knows? That's why you've never been good with the ladies, Jake. 
Yeah, I guess I just care too much about society. I should stop. Bad choice. Uh, McNulty, I have a question. After many promises and much anticipation from Dive fans, can Jake confirm whether his next tweet will be released before 2020? (laughs) Ouch. Yeah, I think so. I think that will happen. You should go on right now after the pod here on your Twitter and send a tweet out. And then you really should like be retweeting our podcast and liking it like I asked I everyone else You're to right. do. It is it is definitely a New Year's resolution. It's I I don't know, man. I don't know how you do it. My schedule's full. Yeah. It's I wake up, I I do chores, I I work out, I eat food, I make food cuz when I go into work it's 13 hours and I I don't want to just eat fast food all the time. Uh, I've seen that. I've seen doctors do that to themselves, and it doesn't end well. Yeah. So, and then I just wake up and do it again. Um, and then it, you know, I guess what I could do is I could tweet more toward the end of the week, but that's usually the quieter time, a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so. uh, all right. Well, you work on it, okay? I'll work on it. All right. Proud of you. But yes, yes, before 2020 for sure. Yeah. You have some time. Okay. Let's get out of here, buddy. I'm Marco. And I'm Jake, and remember, you should die.